This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. Presents the G1 Cast with Justin Nipper and Carlos Twell. Yours. Excel Japan theme. Woo. Today we have for you the All Japan Champion Carnival 2020 recap on G1 Cast. I'm Justin. You're listening to the G1 cast presented by FightGameMedia.com. We're here for you with daily coverage, legitimate daily coverage. I've been here every day this week. If you're sick of me, I completely understand. Uh, We usually cover the G1 Climax, New Japan, but as we said in the first episode, we're going to try to do some coverage because of the unprecedented nature of what's happening, not only just in the world, but in the Japanese wrestling scene, we never really see the Champion Carnival and the G1 Climax coincide. So I thought, why not? It's great. It's a great company. There was great wrestling. You know, why not? So tomorrow we'll be back with a super deluxe version covering both of the weekend shows, plus New Japan Strong that I wrote about on the Observe website, F4W Online. Heard about that last night. You can check that out. You can check out Carlos Toro on Twitter, Carlos Toro360, and he's often writing on Fightful, fightful.com. So tonight, for this special show, we're joined by Booker Extraordinaire and Fight Game Media's own John LaRocca, as well as prolific sci fi and horror novelist and award winning NCAA assistant wrestling coach JD Olivia. We're going to go over highlights of this year's carnival, talk about the company's overall new direction in 2020. We talk about, of course, Kento Miyahara and, of course, of course, Zeus, the 2020 champion carnival winner. Flawless victory. Eight points. Sorry, spoiler, but I mean, if you're listening to this, I'm assuming. Come on, you know. Um... We talked about Suwama's role in uh, All Japan going forward. We talked about his mini losing streak in the carnival earlier on, a couple weeks ago. Uh, we also talk about Koji Doi's facial hair towards the end. Kind of serious. No, just kidding. We're just messing around. The logistics were tough, but we got it to work. Three different time zones across the United States talking about Japanese wrestling in another time zone. We pulled it off. I had a great time. The guys seem to have a great time. I'd like you listeners to have a great time, so let's just jump right into it. You ready? Let's go. G1 Cast is back, but today we're not talking about the G1, we're talking about 
All Japan's Champion Carnival Tournament, which because of the circumstances of this year, they sort of coincided with this year's G1. So I felt like, why not um, talk about it? And I'm with Carlos right now, but I'm also with two special guests. First, we have the big boss, Fight Game Media, John LaRocca. What's up, John? Going, doing good, doing good. Just went uh, the pumpkin patch today with the kids. Ooh. That was an event. <laughs> um, it was actually actually worked out well with the. I was expecting the worst with the three little ones, but it was uh, actually a very pleasant time and everyone's social distance and safe. And uh, but it was, it was a good time. Nice, nice. And we also so in addition to the big boss, we also have I think maybe for the first time, JD Olivia. JD, what's up? What's up, man? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, this is uh, my first time doing anything with Fight Game. I'm, I'm pretty excited to talk. Uh, I got to be super dad today when my wife packed up stuff. Her and the kid are going to her dad's farm for a week, so I get to live like a bachelor. I'm Whoa. I'm, fi- I'm fired up for bachelor that. Party. I can't tell you how excited. I am so jealous no. right now. I am so jealous <laughs> right now, my friend. I, I can't wait. Cool. Well, then you can definitely catch up on G1 next week. That's for sure. Uh, that's the plan. So, okay. So let's talk champion carnival so i'm not going to go over everything but the finals were last week or a couple days ago the fifth and zeus defeated kento miyahara in about 31 minutes in what i thought was an excellent excellent match of course i thought it was the best of the tournament um but in general it was a lot different from most other champion carnivals because of course it was uh, compressed in time it really was only two to three weeks more or less there were only a few shows, and there were only 10 competitors in this year's tournament. Um, before we started, Carlos, you mentioned there were a couple like notable things you wanted to talk about in general about your impressions of uh, this Champion Carnival. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, I mean, look, when you look at this Champion Carnival, obviously this tournament comes with a ton of caveats. Obviously, the fact that it's taken several months after its original intended date, if, you know, that's really a notable thing because of how booking has changed in the in recent weeks and recent months, so to speak. So that's it, it is interesting to see what the direction went throughout this tournament. The other thing was Suwama, the triple crown champion, is he really like in terms of wins and losses, he had a terrible champion carnival. One win and three losses, and it was a it was very unusual. Like I would, I didn't expect Suwama to just, you know, to win the tournament or even advance to the finals. But I didn't expect him to have such a relatively poor showing in this tournament as far as wins and losses. Not saying that the matches itself were bad. I thought they were, they were, they were good. They were okay for the most part, but nothing too extravagant. Like nothing, like none of Suwama's matches were up there with the quality that this Champion Carnival final had. But it was uh it was it was very interesting and now we're like you know a week away from Suwama defending his title and now I'm just kind of thinking to myself Zeus has looked so damn impressive in this entire tournament he's getting that new submission move like more over than Okada ever wishes he could with the money clip that he's been <laughs> trying and failing throughout this G1 and seemingly abandoned it mid tournament so I'm just looking at this and think like, is this kind of like the time where we kind of send the old, uh, the old guard into, into the past year and just start embracing Zeus, you know, a lot more. Cause I think of this, this champion carnival 
really like as Zeus is like true coronation as like a the true top guy. Obviously, he was already a top guy to begin with, and arguably maybe the favorite to win the tournament. But I don't think it, JD or John. I, I don't know about you guys, but I did not expect him to look so dominant and go perfect as in, th- in this entire tournament. Yeah, I mean, Zeus is, uh, he's, uh, the fans, he's the hardcore fans have really been championing him to be the ace of all Japan, even though that's Kento Miyahara's uh, spot. But, I mean, he's he's such a great talent. Um, I've seen him from the beginning where a lot of people just crapped on him because he was so green. He was this big, jacked-up guy. And, the, you know, a lot of the hardcore fans are, were just kind of down on him. But, like, kind of like a – like a Dallas page in WCW when he started off, he was just really bad, but he worked so hard to get good and same with Zeus. And that's why I always really liked him. And I like his style. I thought he was fantastic. I love that face lock submission. It's an old submission. Um, Masali sees that submission hold a lot. And the way he like cranked on Jake Lee with it just was such an awesome moment in tournament for me. And of course the finals was fantastic. I thought, you know, obviously the best match of the tournament, which you know, all Japan is the champion carnival is a little different. G one, G one. There's multiple, multiple really great matches, um, but the carnival is, is more this at least this year. They were leading it just built to, to peak with that the finals, and I really appreciate that. And to Suwama losing, uh, going one and three, I do think Zeus is going to re- win the championship. But now that people that beat Suwama have a claim to challenge for the championship because they beat the triple crown champion during the tournament. So that sets up a lot of great stuff. If they go either Zeus winning yeah, it or I, even so I like Zeus. It. Like I thought this was Jake Lee's tournament going in. I think that was kind of the, the hot pick was, was Jake Lee and Zeus just owned it every time. Another. Like he's, he's unique for, for all Japan. I think he's unique. Like he's got a unique look. Um, he moves different. There's just something about him. He's got a, a different kind of charisma, and he just he really captured my attention in this room. This is the first champion carnival that I've been able to kind of follow as it's gone along, and not just have to watch back like way after the fact. So, uh, I was impressed with Zeus's performance and his story. I really liked his match with Jiro, where he just chopped the the crap out of him to get the fall at the end. That was awesome, and I just I I love the match with with Mihara. Like it just I think it's really Zeus's time here. Say like, and the one thing that I absolutely that I really really liked about Zeus is that like you put him in these really big spots, and Kento Mihara is the I think in my opinion the perfect dance partner for someone like Zeus, a guy who can not just go tick for tack, blow for blow against Zeus, but he's such a great seller, and he's a guy that he can that that can really showcase like how strong Zeus is because as you guys mentioned. Zeus has a very unique look and he moves so well and it's a great, great wrestler for someone, for, for just a guy who's like just a big guy. And and I think, and I agree with you guys, he has improved so much in the last few years. Like it's almost like night and day, the wrestler that he was when he was first starting out and the wrestler that we just saw against Kento Miyahara this week. John, I have, I have a question for you. I have a, this is for all three of you guys. I, I'm going to make it more general. The booking of this year's Champion Carnival, I think, is much, much different than any of the other bookings because because of the context, right? But there was definitely a different feel, and we were getting a lot of 
A, we're getting shorter matches. B, we're getting not the typical uh, kinds of finishes you might expect from All Japan. I'm not talking about All Japan in general, but even just past couple of years. Uh, did any of you pick up a different feel or they, is the company going in a kind of different direction in terms of how they book and how they present themselves? And did you notice any patterns or anything that you liked or didn't like about this kind of new booking style? Like for, for me, I noticed one theme of the entire tournament was the use of submission finishes and up front there were a lot. And I just, when we cover it, we kind of pay attention to what's going on. Finishes are mainly pinfalls, right? But if you see submissions, even in real life, you don't see too many submissions all the time. And I thought that might've been a trend. Let's start with John. John, what did you think of like the booking in general and anything that you liked and disliked about the arc of this uh, story that we had over the past two weeks? Booking was overall really good. Um, the only thing I didn't like is just because, you know, I didn't like the treatment of my wrestle one boys, you know, like uh, I, <laughs> I was hoping that this was going to be the breakout tournament, uh, even though I had Jake Lee as the favorite personally, but I, I was hoping Shitaro Ashina would have this breakout performance in this tournament, maybe even make it to the finals because, but in Japan, when the new guys come from a different promotion, I first, you know, I guess there's a, you know, they want to establish the hierarchy, which promotions top guys are better. And, and maybe because the way the tournament was so, you know, shortened because of the pandemic, you know, they're just kind of, you know, the fall guys, most of it um was a disappointment for me but uh, overall i think um uh building zeus up as a monster and and um a dominant uh competitor in the tournament that was fantastic miyahara was classic miyahara having great matches with everyone and um um but overall yeah i liked it i liked that i think uh the submissions well, i didn't really pick up on it but now you now that you say yeah there was a lot of submission uh and a lot of shorter matches too it just seemed like I mean, this is a different time. It's just because of the pandemic. I think things are just a little bit different. But I think they're, like I said, they're focusing on building to that final match, and they want that match to be the one that stands out. And that's to me, that's a great tournament. The, the finals is the one that stands out. That should be the goal every time you're doing a tournament, in my opinion. And it did feel like they were having their Tokyo and Dome match. It's just the fact of it is that it was in front of around six, 700 people at Korokun. I mean, that's the only yeah. difference. And. With the uh, with the shorter matches, I'm noticing that. I mean, that's across the board because in Japan right now, uh, all open venues are they're trying to close as quickly as they can, if if they can. So generally, the short the shows are shortened, especially in Korokuen. They share that space with you know boxing and other promotions. Like I think next, uh, yeah, you might still have a Stardom show the morning after the night of a New Japan or All Japan show. That could happen. So. I think that's just the normal going forward. We're just going to see matches that don't go over 20 minutes very often just because it's 2020. This is what happened and this is what we're going to do. At least this is what they're going to do in the country of Japan. So, JD, what is your take on that? Yeah, I appreciate the short matches because it makes it there's so much going on right now to, to keep up on and being a wrestling fan right now is is challenging because you have the G1 because you have regular TV going on. So I like that I could sit down and, and knock out a, a new Japan match or excuse me, an all Japan match when I was just working out in the gym or something like that on my phone. Uh, I didn't, I agree with John. I did not like the treatment of the wrestling one guys. I think in the early COVID era, all Japan was doing some really cool stuff with them. And I, I just, 
I think they could have done something cool with Shitaro and they just really haven't yet. And I just, uh, I, I kind of was hoping they would go in that way, but that's still in the future. Um, I like where it's going though, on the whole, like, I think, I think building Zeus up to be the next guy is smart and uh, I'm into it. I did not notice the, 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 I didn't, I guess it was kind of small, like all the, the submission finishes. It didn't, it didn't strike me until you pointed it out. And I went, Oh yeah, they have done a lot of those. So that's really cool. It's, it's different. It's, it's helping it stand out a little bit from everything else going on. If you guys didn't notice it, then it could just be me overthinking things, but I like Jake Lee was using submissions. Zeus, I didn't I don't think of him as a submission guy. I think of him as a biceps explosion guy. So it was different to see, but it it shows that they're moving forward, moving in a way that's different from what we've seen before. Carlos, did you have any um kind of takes or ideas or thoughts on the booking of Champion Carnival? Well, First of all, I I was on board with you on the submission thing because I think we actually kind of discussed it like halfway through the champion carnival that was like oh yeah we were like discussing like huh Jake Lee and uh, Zeus uh, you're using a lot of submissions in this one that's kind of unusual at, at, at this stage of the carnival but but I digress so I think I look and yeah the Russell one boys treatment it's uh, it's a little weird throughout this tournament but the way I look at it is like. I think partially the the company and I think a lot of promotions have really no idea of what to kind of make of the future as far as booking wise, because we are living in unprecedented times and hell, even in this tournament alone, it there was so, so many different changes because it's a much shorter carnival. The field was significantly smaller. I felt like they had to sort of rearrange a lot of different things. And I think, I think that maybe, maybe if this was, if there was no pandemic, I think that we'd be having a completely different conversation with the Russell uh, in terms of Russell One. But I, I still think that All Japan is kind of going a bit of a soft reset as far as certain aspects of their booking, which is why I'm not too overly concerned with things that they might have missed the mark a little bit in this tournament because, like, it's hard to make a champion carnival, uh, you know, type of booking in the span of half of its carnival. Like it'd be, it'd be trying to fit a little bit too much into everything. And then you just overbook yourself into oblivion. So I'm just looking at this like, okay, um, I'm willing to give them a little bit of a break because I mean, look, look, look at New Japan with the G1. Like there's already a few things that we kind of noticed that like, huh, that's typically not how New Japan operates or you know some certain wrestlers are not performing at the level that we kind of expect them to do so i'm willing to wait uh, you know a little while longer until all japan kind of you know gets its bearings straight because i don't think they i don't think that's the case with them and i think a lot of promotions are kind of dealing with the same issue yeah i think we're viewing it like you know it's new to us because we haven't seen wrestling in this pandemic era or we haven't seen that much of it yet so maybe next year we'll be thinking i mean this just might be how it is going forward and we'll just have to get used to it i, I don't know i guess it, you're right it's too soon to tell but as far as more of like the talking about the product goes i kind of wanted to talk about suama a little more john i'm curious about you what you thought about how he was booked in this tournament because he was booked he I mean he he went on a losing streak for a minute and he's triple crown champion and uh, seems like he's 
I don't know what where they're going with this, but it could be that him and Shuji Ishikawa are going to have a falling out. There was something I saw where Suama at the press conference said if uh, he and Shuji Ishikawa don't win their match against the Wrestle One guys for the tag titles, that Violence Giants are done. So that's on the table, I guess, too. What are your thoughts, John? Um, I think, uh, like I said, I thought the booking him was good in the sense that you're setting up some future stuff. Um, the splitting of the Violent Giants, they've been together for a little while now, and it's probably time to split them up, which kind of makes me sad because I really like that tag team. I, yeah, me too. And I really think Suwama now in, in, it, in his career, late in his career now, with all those injuries that he suffered, the the Achilles tendon tear, you know, multiple, multiple other injuries, um, I think – being in the tag team just benefits him more right now in his career. So that makes me a little worried about them breaking up, but I mean, we'll see who he ends up teaming with um, going forward. But yeah, I have a feeling they will be splitting up and they will be feuding, um, which, uh, which, which should have some fun matches. They had some fun matches in the past. So, um, but yeah, I think, I think, I think he's been uh, fine. I think, but he's also going to, like I said, moving down. Like I think Zeus is finally moving up. I mean, he's always been kind of a top guy, former triple crown champion, of course, but like, I think it's it's going to be him and Kento Miyahara, which they kind of been married to each other anyways. Because remember when Suwama got hurt in 2016, and then Kento Miyahara won his first Triple Crown Championship. He beat Suwama in that vacant championship match. So uh, he's I'm sorry, match. Zeus. He beat, yeah, he beat Zeus, and it was a great match. And so they've always had these great matches together. So I'm looking forward to more Zeus versus Kento Miyahara, and it's like. Just rewatch, just watching this finals just reminded me of like how great their chemistry is. All right, let's take a quick break from the special episode of the G1 cast covering the All Japan Champion Carnival for 2020. It's kind of cool listening to a little bit of the crossover with John from the Fight Game Podcast, and then the other voice you hear, JD Oliva, who I'm out, I'm th- I'm going to have on my show uh, when we go back to doing the interview series because he is also an author and he's got a book out, and I would love to give that book away to listeners. So we're going to get him on at some point, but we're here to talk about DoorDash. The wife and I have already gotten DoorDash two times or however already used DoorDash two times once on Friday once today on Saturday for dinner so you know we're, we're such big fans of DoorDash and, and continually use it. it it is probably the most outside of maybe Facebook it's like the most used app on her phone so that's how much we love DoorDash we got uh, some uh, some tacos on Friday and then Saturday you know, we're just like, what, what, what do we, what do we want? What do we want? And she's from North Carolina. Actually, she went to school in North Carolina. So barbecue is obviously big there. And we don't really have a great, great, great barbecue spot in San Jose in the Bay Area where we live. So we kind of go back and forth between two or three places, but they're all on DoorDash. You can kind of just go, okay, I just want barbecue. We're going to pick this one, or we're going to pick this one. This one's more local. We'll pick this one. We, you know, this one was best last time. So that is uh, that that is another reason to use DoorDash is just the variety. So you've heard me say this before, but we're going to say it again. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you down do- download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order. Just download the app from the App Store. Use the code BLUEWIRE and you will get your $5 off 
of your first order with DoorDash. Sending it back to Justin and the fellas now. And I, I want to make one stat clear. I don't know if we talked about it yet, but I think this is the first time that I've ever seen, maybe not ever seen, but at least in the past couple of years, uh, somebody kicked out a shutdown suplex. That move, I think, was one of the most protected moves regularly in the business at the moment. And the closing moments of this match saw Zeus kick out. The crowds, the, you, you heard the drops in everybody's voice. Oh. <laughs> and they shot Kento's face. They cut to his face. And the look on his face was that, okay, I really don't know what to do from now. And what happened next was Zeus put him away. And logically, it makes a lot of sense because he was putting everybody away in this. And then he goes and has a star match with a star. I agree. That was really cool because, like, the the shutdown suplex is such a protected move and hasn't been bastardized. Like, you see so many finishing moves for guys, especially in, like, all or New Japan where they have to hit it multiple times. Or you see it on American wrestling guys are kicking out of finishers. Like, I remember sitting back watching and thinking, this is big this big moment and just listening to the crowd. Like you just, it's something that isn't because finishers aren't as protected as they used to be. It really, it really felt like a big moment to see that happening. You kind of got the hint that a, a big change was coming with Zeus and it was, it was good, man. It was really well, it was really well booked. And, and the way that the, that they saved it for the final, I thought was very, very smart booking and how, hell, it's not even just an American problem where wrestlers kick out of finishers. Hell, even in the G1, it, it, oh yeah, Japan. They're, like guys were kicking out of the uh, out of the Destino, like left and right. Like it took three of them to take out uh, Juice Robinson. It took two of them to take out Joshi Hashi. Like even New Japan's happening, starting to sort of have that issue now. Were you guys a little disappointed that Zeus didn't win the finals with the new submission hold? I was a little shocked by that. I I, I was too. I thought for sure that he was going to submit Kenta with that when when because I knew he was going to win before because I saw on Twitter. So I assumed that he would go over with the submission. I was surprised that that it wasn't that it was just like a jackhammer finish. Yeah, it was it was a little weird because you would think that like that was the story of the whole tournament that Zeus not just being dominant but dominant with by winning matches by submission. So I. I and mean, I was actually a little bit surprised he wasn't even trying to go for it like at the very end. Like it was like. He kicked out of the shutdown suplex. Then he go for like a big lariat, which I know a lariat's not gonna end the match. But I thought to myself, "Holy crap!" Like that was a really, really close count. And then he just went straight into the jackhammer. Like I thought for sure, like if we're gonna get to the finish, we'd at least get like at least some type of submission, like right before uh, do a jackhammer. If that was going to be the finish. Well, yeah, you get that. I mean, I was surprised just as booking wise, like you established this face lock by Zeus. And I was assumed that when he went over, like he wanted to go over that face lock. So when he does have his triple crown championship match with Suwama, when he goes for that face lock, people should be like, oh, no, here it comes. This is going to be it. And this and he's going to win the title. I don't know. Like, I don't know why they didn't. I don't know why they didn't. he had it on your heart. He just like lets it go and goes for the cover. And you know, Mihar kicks out in a in a in a in a two and three quarter count, but still, it's like I think that was a bad move. I I would have had Zeus go over with the face lock and officially 
put a stamp of approval on that damn finisher and get people to be like, man, man, if he gets that on Suwama, it is over. And then you should get people to react just him trying to go for it in that match for the Trip Count Championship in a, in a week. And it kind of goes back to the to my earlier point that's that all Japan, I don't think they quite exactly know how to execute some of the storylines they've been trying to push during this champion carnival because I think it kind of just you know, it combob- discombobulated their their way of thinking because of the pandemic. So, you know, maybe in another time, in another non-pandemic time, maybe we could have seen a, you know, more time with Zeus further establishing that submission and maybe even beating Kento Miyahara with that same move. But I don't know. I, I think that, you know, All Japan is still trying to figure things out and, you know, you can only do so by... By doing shows, you can't do so is in, in a booking meeting. You just got to fi- figure out what works and what doesn't. I think um, if it was Junakiyama booking still, even rest in peace, Aoki was still handling a lot of the booking. I think they would have been smart enough to make that call for the face lock to be the, the submission win for Zeus in this finals. I think uh, Tajiri... As a booker, I don't know how strong he is as a booker. I, I remember seeing some old stuff in, you know, his uh, crash promotion. And um, I think he did book some old Wrestle One stuff. Not my favorite Wrestle One stuff. My favorite Wrestle One stuff is the Kazayashi um, later last few years booking. Um, so I think that maybe play into it. Obviously, the two different booking styles. So Junakiyama, which I I do, I mean, that was one of the saddest news that when he when he left all Japan, I just couldn't believe it. And because as a booker, and I'm sure he had a lot of help with Aoki when he when he was alive, and because he he was a genius, and I think they really did stuff, you know, from like 2016 to 2019, really established like small little details that kept that you would play back, and they come and in, come into results like not just the next match, but like months and months down the line, a year from now, a certain finish would would play out. So I think maybe the um, the uh, the booking knowledge of Tajiri might have uh, maybe got him maybe got him there. I think he, I think he should have. I, like I said, I think he should have been the face lock for sure. Here's my question: If this tournament happens back in in the early spring when it was supposed to, does Zeus still go over? Like, is this is that still the plan, or do they go somewhere different? I was trying to figure that out the other day. I'm guessing so. Honestly, yeah, I, think so. I, I I would I would bet yes. Even though. And I actually probably feel more confident in Zeus because my other because I, I said at the start of the tournament that I thought Jake Lee was going to win it, and and if they had done the Champion Carnival back then, I probably would have been less confident uh, over Jake Lee winning. But but that's just me. What do you think, Justin? Mm. What, how it was booked or how it would be booked? I'm not sure. I really I I don't know. Cause I'm trying to think back what was going Oh, So it, the last time I, I think it could have happened because I'm trying to just think about what was going on. Zeus has a faction now. Pur- pur- the purple haze. Yeah. And that had just started. And I remember the, so like Japan kind of shut down, right. For a couple of weeks. And then for another couple of weeks, it was reopened. And that's when Suama and Miyahara had triple crown match. And I think that's when Suama, yeah, that, that's Suama's last win over Kento Miyahara. And it seemed like that's where the story was going, right? It seemed like 
the focus was on Kento and Suama and Zeus was doing tag matches still with his, uh, his faction members. And I, I, I wasn't paying that close attention, but it didn't seem like that was where they were going, but I knew that they had just established that group. So that's possible. I mean, anything's possible. This has been a crazy year. I think the only things as far as the submission, uh, the, why he didn't use it or why they didn't have him use it. The only rational thing I can come up with why Tajiri chose to do that is because it's going to play a part in uh, another match uh, soon with either Kanto or Suama. I'm not sure. I think they're just, and th- that leads to my next point, which I think what we learned from the champion carnival is that patience pays off when it comes to booking because it's generally in all Japan, all the guys are very, very talented, but it's not like what we see in, say, New Japan. We're seeing some crazy, athletic, innovative, flashy wrestling where in all Japan, not to say it, not saying that it's not, it's just the style and the approach is pretty bare bones and meat and potatoes. It's just, it's pro wrestling done well. It's more like the New Japan Young Lions pro wrestling. Not exactly, but I would say it's more. I guess, quote unquote, conservative in terms of booking, in terms of style, and especially at the heavyweight style, you're not seeing too many flips and bops and and um, near fall finishes. Like uh, we were talking about earlier, the old style booking, it, you would have to really wait to pay it off, maybe even a whole year. But when it came, it was pretty simple and it worked. Just like the shutdown suplex. I mean, we waited so long for Kento to to use that and to have it not work for with a three, an automatic three count too. Um, that's, I mean, just playing the waiting game often works. It's just hard to do because we live in a society that hates waiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, before we finish, I want to go to everyone and I want to talk about best matches. What are, so if you were to recommend a couple matches to your buddies out there who wanted to check out all Japan in this Years car- champion carnival. What are your top matches? For example, for me, I definitely go main event. I think that's what goes without saying. Can we all agree on that? Maybe the main event is the uh, the top match, or yeah, I, I would agree. Plus, Absolutely, plus. it's it, it's in it like a it's clearly when we were watching it. I mean, I felt like 15 minutes in, like when they started kicking it up towards the end, I'm like, okay, this has a totally different flavor and intensity than anything that that happened in the rest of the tournament, not to take it away from any of the other great matches, but it was clear, like kind of what John was saying, like this was a main event and it, it meant to be the main attraction of the show. And it felt that way. Even with so the, aside from that, yeah. Even with the crowd oh, just being, um, you know, they can't, they can't scream and yell. They can only clap. But for some reason, I felt the heat in that building in this match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I almost didn't re- even realize they had restrictions. So I thought that was great too. And also love that Kento Mihari, he kind of has his, I want to say routine, but he has his spots, right? Like jumping off the apron, getting caught and getting slammed into the ring post. But like he, he was doing like a lot of his traditional spots, but just changing it up just a little bit. So I really appreciate that from Kenta Mihara. And this, like, just like, instead of coming off the apron, getting caught and be slamming the ring post, he ran after Zeus and Zeus picked him up on that overhead suplex, you know, which was, that was awesome. Oh my God. That, that may have been my favorite spot of the whole match. Yeah. That was nuts. Yeah. It was awesome. So best matches. 
Let's start with JD. What was your what are your best matches? You don't have to say like best one, number one, two, three. Just if you had a handful to recommend. Outside the main events, because this is like I said, this is the first carnival that I followed. You got me into all Japan about a year ago when we got when we first met. So I'm kind of coming into this company uh, a little bit late. But the ones that the match that really grabbed me that I enjoyed were uh, Ashino and Kento Miyahara. I loved that match. I really, like I said earlier, I liked Zeus and Jiro. Um, I liked a little bit of a story that was told with uh, Ikemon talking crap to him on Twitter and then Zeus having to shut him up afterwards. I think that kind of stuff is great. Those are the two matches that that were my favorites other than the main event that I really enjoyed. If I was just to recommend, hey, try All Japan out because they're both different. So I think it'll give you a different taste of it's not just the boom, 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 boom stuff that you see in New Japan. Carlos, what do you got? What were your highlights? So I'll, I will say this. One, I just absolutely loved the Zeus uh, Jiro finish. Like that just came out of nowhere. And for those of you who don't know, like that, it, it ended, I think it ended with just like a, a chop. And it wasn't even like Zeus's hardest chop ever. And you just, Jiro just falls down and just loses. Like that, that was, I, I personally love that. Match. But I'm actually going to go a little bit out there like it's gonna be a kento mihara match but i really really like the yoshitatsu match that those two had at the very beginning of the tournament like i think the surprise factor of yoshitatsu winning in the way that he did um i don't i don't know if it, it elevated my opinion of the match but i think it was a really really nice surprise that i think it shows that there is a level of talent in this company that you know extends beyond guys like Zeus and Jake Lee and Kento Miyahara. It's, it's, I don't want to, I don't know if I call this the second best match of the tournament, but it's certainly up there at, you know, with one of the better tournament matches of this entire champion carnival. John, what are your other highlights? I'm very interested to, well, I, I know early on you had some very specific notes on a couple of the matches that you weren't fond of. Yeah. Uh, like the Suama Ikeman or, um, but for you, what did you see that really impressed you? Um, I'm glad that Carlos pointed out the, the Yoshitatsu um, Kento Miyahara match. And I feel like Yoshitatsu just gets a lot of crap from people. And, and I was there at Long Beach for their first New Japan uh, USA show, and the people were just booing him. And I'm just like, poor dude, man. He worked hard to promote this show. They don't be able to know. <laughs> right. Um, and you know, he's a good worker, a really good worker. I mean, he, um, he carried, the uh, Italian guy, uh, Gian, uh, Gian Velada, right. That's his name. Um, to a really good match at just a random little house show that it was on the, and I'm like, and like, he's just such a talented guy. I wish though that Kento Miyahara won this match and then Shotaro Shino would have won his match over Kento Miyahara. That's how I would have booked it because, but I'm just a, a Shotaro Shino nut. Um, but uh, you know, I really like that match as well. I also like Kento Miyahara and Shitaro Shino. Um, I thought that was really good. Um, they I felt like they held back because I think there's a bigger match in the future between those guys. And I like that Miyahara had to use he didn't use the shutdown suplex, he didn't use the blackout knee, he used a cradle to get the win. So, you know, still protected Shotaro Shino a little bit. My friend in Japan, uh, Ryu, I, I messaged him right after because he's there live. He's a, he's a gentleman in the tiger mask, mat, uh, mat in the mask in the front row, usually. And um, he's a big, big Wrestle One fan. And 
And he was just, you know, he, he was like, oh, it was a great fight. Miyahara was so good. You know, like the way he talks, I just love it. I love talking to him about Japanese wrestling. And one day we will sit there and watch a show together in Japan. I can't wait. Um, that match was great. I also like Jake Lee and Suwama in Corken Hall. I thought nice. that was really good. Felt like a breakout moment for uh, Jake Lee. And that's when I was like, man, this guy, this guy's like almost there to get that triple crown. I really want to see him win it. I really wanted to see him get it because I I just really like that dude. And um, I also like Jake Lee and Zeus. I thought that match was really, really strong. So um, those are the matches I recommend. Of course, the finals is a must-see match to me. One of the best matches I've seen all year, and I know there's a lot of great matches coming up, but you know, just in the uh, you know this the summer at least, God, that match was fantastic, and I, I put that match up with the Nietzsche one match going on. You know, I think uh, I know I didn't I understand me so. New Japan gets a lot of the pub, and you know, all Japan's not on everyone's radar these days, but there's a some good things brewing in all Japan. I wish I, I'm I'm glad that you JD you found all Japan. I hope more and more fans check it out because they have a really good product and i love not the non-flips and dives i love it straightforward hard hitting and smash mouth so uh the style i I just think it's a different like you watch all japan it feels different than watching something from america or watching new japan like there's a there's a different vibe to it and it's it's what i quite enjoy about the product definitely and yeah when we say like straightforward or or hard hitting it's not to say that in any like I don't think it's boring at all. It's not to say that, you know, the pace is still pretty quick. I mean, Miyahara works like the last 10, 15 minutes of his matches are just like 110 miles per hour. He's not doing uh, like, um, what am I trying to say? Like the technique, what exactly he's doing, he's not flipping or doing 450s or what. I don't know. I don't know why I keep going to the high flying moves, but it's he's throwing knees and suplexes. But with perfect more timing, though. That. His timing. Exact timing, yeah. Perfect. Like, those knees, they might look like killers, but they're not. I mean, they're like, he's putting it exactly in the right spot. Um, I think he's such a tremendous worker. I think he's one of the best in the world. I mean, I have him up there with, you know, Tanahashi and, you know, Okada and the like. I, I, you know, of course, people love Kenny Omega, but, like, if I'm putting them to – if I'm saying who's better, I'm saying Ketamihara's as a worker is just completely just a complete package. And he's tremendous. I know I, I know I know Justin, you talked about this earlier. Uh, I think we talked about a couple weeks ago. I know you like the Kohei Wada referee stuff. <laughs> it drives me freaking nuts because it happens every match. And I don't mind it happening on the house show six man tags. I don't mind that. But like, but the big matches, come on, man. Pull some restraint. Pull some restraint on that. You know, let's not I, have that. I, I completely get that. And I have a feeling that a lot of people share your sentiment, John, because I to me, when I see that, I see how Kento got over in the past couple of years with the Japanese crowd. That that it's like a bit. It's and it's a symbolic little segment they do in almost every match he's in. Where it's old guard New Japan, Kyohei Wada, who had been there forever, versus this young punk who really does care, but also really wants to tell off authority. Because he, if I like JD, you, you've worked, yeah. you're working as a coach, right? Mm-hmm. You, you deal with ki- like kids, especially bo- athletes. He has, it's a very athletic type, like an archetype. You know this, what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Every, like I had this kid that I coached the last four years. He's a three-time state champion, one-time runner-up. One time he was runner-up because so he didn't want to listen to anybody. <laughs> like 
so talented, but thinks he knows everything, but he's got a heart of gold on him. Like you love the kid, but you want to slap him sometimes. And I think that's one reason I love Kento Miyahara so much. It's like, you called him the Zach Morris of all Japan pro wrestling. Like, and it's, a you said that to me. I'm like, Oh, that's totally Kento Miyahara. Like it's exactly, it's exactly that. And I, I, I adore that whole thing. Like, I think it's great. Cause it does. It reminds me of a punk kid that, that has all the talent. He's still a smart ass, but you still love him. I think that definitely speaks to the flavor of uh, what's going on with all Japan right now. Carlos, what is your take on uh, uh, Kyohei Wada versus Kento Miyahara, the never ending feud? <laughs> I mean, as someone who admittedly, I have only, I'm, I want to, I don't know if casual viewer of all Japan would be the correct term, but I just, I started all Japan the last couple of years and just, don't follow it as much as some of the other promotions, but this feud is just, I'm just looking at this like, oh my God, what the, <laughs> what the hell is going on? <laughs> without translation or without like uh, the context of it, it just looks bizarre. It could be bizarre. And, and then Kento's making his silly faces. Yeah, um, There was even a mat. there wasn't even a point in the <laughs> match against Zeus where like he was pressing Zeus's uh, like, neck on an exposed turnbuckle and he just like and kenta was just screaming like his tongue is out like almost spitting like <laughs> like it was a really really weird but kind of unintentionally funny spot i tell you what. he's trying to get his face in the paper in the in the the, 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 mag- the magazines yeah no, uh, that's a great shot i mean all right i hope you're enjoying this special g1 cast episode talking about all Japan. The, the the guys will be back on our Monday morning show, Sunday night, Monday morning, where um, you'll hear myself and John talking WCW Saturday night. And then also um, my buddy Mike Gilbert, who will talk Bloodsport with me. Bloodsport is, uh, is Sunday, so he's going to also be on. But you'll hear Justin and Carlos talking about the latest two nights together of the G1. So you'll you'll hear them again and, and look, we're, we're we're pretty close. The the G1 is going to be over by next weekend. So I hope you've enjoyed all of the great audio from Justin and Carlos. I I think they've just done a friggin' tremendous job. This is a marathon. This is not a sprint doing so many shows like they did. You know, they did four last week or during the week. We're still on Saturday, but just amazing stuff. So great job to them. But before we uh, get back to them, also always going to talk about Bet Online. Football is on Sunday. Uh, many of you listening to this may, may even be watching football at the same time. Uh, so, you know, Bet Online is just there in the clutch for you, much like DoorDash, because sports have been ridiculous this, this, these last few months. You know, you've had basketball, which is almost over. There's a a game tonight that could be the deciding game. All the NFL games on Sunday, some some have gotten pushed uh, to Monday because of issues with COVID-19. And then the baseball playoffs. I just watched the Tampa Bay Rays uh, a couple nights ago take out the New York Yankees. And, you know, that was just tremendous because of their rivalry. So if you have any skin in the game... Definitely head over to Bet Online, get in on their season opening bonuses, start off 
wagering on wins, division, and championship futures. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. But don't forget to use that promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all in one word. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. I tell you what, what, what drives me nuts about the most is that they don't work. They, they go past the five count, <laughs> which I'm a stickler. Yeah, it's very casual count. I'm a very stickler for the rules and stuff like that. I think you should protect them as all possible. And like when he's hitting five and then six and seven, like, like it just kind of like just drives me nuts. And, but, but I will say, I would love to book when a heel goes after Kohei Wada and Kenta Miyahara makes a save for him. I think oh, wow. that would be a, mag- That's cool. a magical moment. It. And I would do it probably when Kohei Wada probably announced his retirement and maybe his last match where, where uh, you know, some new heel, maybe I, I would do a new heel, probably someone new. And they do something to where, you know, they, maybe they don't respect tradition and they don't give a crap what this guy's history as a referee was in this, in this great historic promotion. And I would have him trying to rough up Kent, uh, Kohei Wada. And I would definitely, you know, he has to make the save. You know who it has to be. And it has to be Kento Miyahara. Oh, dude. That's why you're the booker, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can't train his damn brain. I can't turn his brain off and I watch this stuff. That's how I watch this stuff. And that's why. That's awesome, I, though. That's how I get kind of frustrated with a lot of stuff. But not that, you know, everything. I, I booked Turner Gold. Trust me, I booked some crap. You know, that didn't really work. <laughs> As uh, my uh, my mentor, uh, one of my mentors, Roland Alexander, uh, uh, the old uh, longtime promoter of all pro wrestling here in California, said, you booked the worst squash match I've ever seen. <laughs> How did you book a guy that couldn't get beat up? I was like, I don't know, man. I thought he could at least get beat up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, yeah. So, but yeah, no, I just, uh, I want to see that happen. I can't wait till it happens. I would love to book it myself. And hopefully Tajiri has a good idea for that. I'm sure it will. I think it's probably too soon to tell because I feel like him and the other younger guys are about to hit their stride shortly maybe in the next year or so depending on how the company's doing business wise i i wanted to just note i did really like in the yuma aoyagi match with kento miyahara that kyohei wada did uh try to wake uh aoyagi up at one point <laughs> yeah, yeah, and kind, yeah. kind of lent a little bias to the younger uh wrestler i thought that was i also liked in the uh miyahara ishikawa match um, he, uh, when Ishikawa was choking Miyahara on the ropes, he was like, give the, the, the slowest casual five count. <laughs> and Miyahara was just like, so upset, like, what are you doing? You know? And then, uh, uh, but, uh, quickly, I want to talk about it. Did anyone guys, did JD and Carlos, did you guys watch any of the non-tournament matches? I didn't watch many, but I watched two. I watched the junior heavyweight championship match. And I also watched because one of my wrestle one guys, um, uh, uh, Ayagi and um, God, oh, Koji Doi. Jeez, I'm just getting tired here. Um, I thought that match was good, but I hated the finish. How can you not put Koji Doi over? Like, I was just going nuts. Like, that just drove me insane. We were just and I were kind of, yeah. I think we were discussing a little bit about Koji Doi uh, not too long ago, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's right. I I guess the thing with the Wrestle One dudes is I don't know what exactly the plan is. I I know Ashino has a contract. Um, I don't know about the other fellows, but um, you know sometimes the booking you can really figure out what's going to happen when you look at the business side and look who's available and not available and and so on. So, uh, 
I think this is all an investment. The Champion Carnival this year was a good investment. Of course, it's not perfect, but it was an experiment that not only it didn't fail, it was it was pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just was shocked by that result. That's just because how they were building Koji Doi throughout the whole carnival, you know, him interfering. And I think he just, he almost killed a Yagi with a, with one of those clothes. That Larry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's a, to me, Koji Doi is a blue chipper. I mean, he's really putting together. He's got his, he's always had a great look. He was, you know, thicker, of course, than Russell one, but he really like trimmed up here in all Japan. He looks great. I wish he'd grow his hair long, but that's just me. I think he'd look like a rock star if he did that and got rid of that little mustache too as well. I would probably tell him to shave that too. <laughs> and, uh, but I just think he has the the tools to be um, a big star in all Japan. I think I uh, would love to see matches with him and Suwama, et cetera, Miyahara, Zeus. So I was just so shocked by that uh, finish. I, I for sure thought, okay, he's going over and they're going to build something with for him. But I'm sure they will. But like, it just seemed like a back backwards booking, in my opinion. John, sidebar, real quick, because I was listening to last night's fight game with you and Garrett, and you. I don't know if it was last night or it was one of the recent ones, and you two were talking about Jeff Cobb's. Um, facial hair mm-hmm. and you weren't down oh. with his facial hair and you're not down with Koji Doi's facial hair either. I know. Well, you know, like, I mean, you just you booking. Got, like, is there a thing? You got a thing again? No, I, I, I have a beard. Right. The gray. I have a beard right now and it's gray. I dye it. Cause I'm saying yeah. it sounds a little, you know, you don't like the facial hair. No, oh, I just, thank goodness I'm only 25 <laughs> I and I nowhere near gray facial hair. <laughs> uh, no, I just, I just have like, I think the look and cosmetic is a very important part of professional wrestling always has been. Uh, Jeff Carr, I mean, just cause I'm really, I mean, I'm just really good friends with Jeff. We always <laughs> crack on each other. And, you know, my wife, you know, just like she came walking the room and saw him on TV and she, Johnny there. That was a heck of a pregnant pause. <laughs> Hello. I think what he was about to say. Hair. Yeah. I believe she gasped. Just see, yeah, she did gasp. Oh, and there, just, oh, there hey. you are. Okay. <laughs> Whoa, great timing. Just like I would, just like I would, um, just like I would probably, like I even told Jungle Boy one time, like, never cut your hair. Just never cut your hair. And he's like, I don't want to. He's like, I never want to cut this thing. So I'm that dude's got the best hair in wrestling. And like I even told you, every told it's a Troy Polamalu type of hair. Yeah. <laughs> I even told you, Justin, like about Jake Lee. Like, I definitely want to update his ring gear and stuff and give him suggestions. Cause I think, you know, just to just to bring him up a little bit more to that main event level look. Um I'm pretty with Jake Lee, I gotta mention, he has been really popular this year with ladies. And not only when you notice it like from the crowd, but I, I on commentary a couple of weeks ago, they announced he was in some like he won some like most handsome man <laughs> thing in one of the ladies magazines. I don't. There are a lot of magazines in Tokyo, so I don't know how like important that is. But he uh, I, I want to put it out there. I feel like he's still in the uh, heavyweight contention or the heavyweight scene. And he was on commentary for the finals. Mm-hmm. He him and whoever was doing commentary for all Japan were the commentators so it felt like he's in the picture at least but with his look yeah he's still getting there i mean he's still pretty new yeah but he offers something that's completely different you can always tell the guys that have the amateur background just by how they move like i can always i can always spot it 
like when the guys wrestle, they wrestled at a high level. Like, oh yeah, you know, you can just tell just the simple way they carry themselves is just different. Did he drop gentleman Jake Lee? The old bowing and the behind, you know. Yeah, that might have been. I'm going to get serious for the champion carnival, but um, you know, ladies like him, guys like him, everybody likes. Him. I like him. He's great. <laughs> yeah, I think he's great too. I- <laughs> I was super inve- I was super invested in the uh his tag team with Keto Miyahara and when they broke up I was like really into that program and then it sucked when he um it was so cool when they opened the carnival that year against each other in Cork and Hall and they tore the house down and I was like oh man this is I can't wait and then I was so upset I mean I was so disappointed I was, you know, I was so upset for him that he you know when he got hurt his knee and then he was out for a long period of time I think it kind of really Hurt his momentum that that year, obviously, and then so. But things like he's starting, he's getting it back, and I think I think for sure he might be the first guy to. Ch- I, I mean, like, this I'll is love him. this is if Zeus wins the wins the title. But either way, I think he's going to chance for the title next against either Zeus or Suwama. All right. So before we wrap, guys, do you have anything you want to add before we? Uh, I would say, you know, if you're on the fence about All Japan Pro Wrestling, I would really, really, really recommend this match between Zeus and Kento Miyahara. One of my absolute favorite matches this year. And if you're looking for like a pre-pandemic, not, uh, you know, not champion carnival match from this year, the Suwama Kento Miyahara match from like February, I want to say February, March was another excellent match. And in my opinion, I thought that was like one of the best matches of the year up to that point. Actually, yeah, March 16th. Like, hell, maybe even in a couple of, you know, by by the end of the year, I'll I'll look back and think to myself, you know, it's it's still one of the best matches of the year. I agree with that. JD, John, you got anything you want to depart with? Yeah, I think that I, I agree with Carlos. I think that this is a company that, could use some extra attention. Like I think that it, there's not, it's not paid enough attention to by, a, by American audiences for sure. And there's some really good wrestling. I said, you got me into it last year. And then I think I was, I think I was messaging you. I'm like, I went on a Kento Miyahara binge. Like I just watched everything I could, I could get my hands on. And I'm like, this guy is fantastic. And it's, uh, it's unfortunate that the pandemic kind of slowed some stuff down, but it gave me time to, to catch up on more stuff. And, it's this was following this carnival for the first time was a lot of fun. I wish it wasn't at the same time as the G1. It made it difficult, but you know, all Japan TV is super accessible and I highly recommend it to people. Like there's some really good stuff going on there. I just want to say the new fans out there who's, you know, curious about all Japan, like give it a shot. I mean, there's, you don't have to pay for the service right away. There's a lot of free stuff on the internet where you can find it. Trust me. Oh, yeah. It's out there and watch some of the old matches, check out stuff from 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019. There's a lot of great matches. And I think like JD diving into Kento Miyahara would be a, a great thing to start with. And you'll see, of course you'll see a ton of great matches from him and that will just splinter off until, you know, you'll be, you'll be digging Zeus quickly you'll be digging ishikawa you'll be digging um uh even suwama i love suwama i Suwama's some people great. i remember yeah, what's not to love <laughs> i don't know if big dave likes suwama i mean him had a conversation about i i was putting over suwama he kind of like 
gave me a look. I don't know, but then again, it's Big Dave. You never know what he's thinking. He's crazy nuts. But uh, I think with Suama, but, uh, his whole thing was when he came in, he came in at the wrong, like 2008, and he was marketed like he was gun, he was jumbo. He was supposed to be. And yeah. It didn't yeah. work out like that because he's a more natural heel. Jumbo's jumbo. And plus, yeah. you know, he. I think he, you know, he didn't really, I mean, he did well, but he did okay business, not the business they're probably expecting. And I think, but like he has a, a great charisma about him. He has a, I love his style. Like I said, I love smash mouth wrestling. I just, I don't, I love his just big double chop. I love his belly belly suplex. And, um, I wish more people would talk about him. I, I think he's a hall of famer, you know, personally, just from, you know, uh, quality of work, at least in the ring. So, um, but yeah, yeah. So give it a shot. Uh, you won't be disappointed, and and I'm, I'm sure you'll love the juniors. And I'm sure you know, there's a lot of guys on that on that roster who are really uh, stepping up and going to be the future of this company that you'll get to see and get to join some of my bo- my boys, the Russell One boys. You know, especially uh, Shitaro Shino and Kodama and poor uh, poor uh, Kamagura. I say Kamagura all the time, but uh, Kumarashi. Poor he was in the he got the shortest stick of the yeah. of the turn. But um, and but you know I I love that guy. He's natural baby face though. He shouldn't be a heel. And Ikemen Jiro Ikemen, uh, he's he's uh, people say John LaRocca, you just never love comedy. You don't love fun. I'm like shoot, I love Ikemen, <laughs> man. I dude, his pandemic entrance is hilarious. Like where he can't run to the crowd and people are stopping he's him because he just wants, he's not allowed, but he wants to do it. He wants to do it so bad and. Um, I really hope one day soon I get the experience an Ikeman entrance because you would probably catch John LaRocca dancing oh, at the court hall. Good. So, yeah. So Justin, you gotta be there with me, man. For sure. I'll sing the song. The song is the best part. The Masaharu <clears throat> Fukuyama song, Hello. You can look it up on Spotify, but when we watch it in the States, they always block it out. But the song is such a big part of it. So I think you can hear it on the all Japan broadcast. They they don't bother um blocking that, <laughs> but they're usually pretty uptight. But yeah, that's a big part of his act. And oh, and John, don't forget about your friend uh, J.R. Kratos, who's I, th- I think he's in the fight game uh, group. He did mm-hmm. the uh, All Japan yeah. tour earlier this year before the pandemic. He was going to be one of the. I bet he would. Was he supposed to be in the carnival before any of this? I don't. I don't know. You know what? Too though. I, I just. I was just talking about. Uh, um, he was supposed to be on Bloodsport this weekend. I was kind of shocked. When I didn't see his name on the card. And we were just catching up and, you know, he had some family um, issues that, you know, he, he couldn't get on blood sport this year, but he was, he's de- definitely going to be on the next one, which is, uh, I guess that's a little spoiler. There's going to be more blood sport coming soon, which is a great, great news. And, um, uh, here, here first. Got so yeah, he, <laughs> he had a great, he had a great time. He had a great time in uh, all Japan that that was during the Junakiyama reign though. So, mm, um, we shall see what happens after that, but I know he made a lot of connections there. I know they really liked him. Um, I know he had a great bond with uh, Francesco uh, Akira. Yeah, Italian right? guy. He was, uh, he, yeah, hey, <laughs> and um, he, you know, they really, uh, they really got along. So hopefully, hopefully that door's still open for him. And um, you're recovering. Oh no, I can't say. Oh, shoot, I can't say that. But um, <laughs> but there's other off cool the air, things the on the horizon. There's other cool things on the horizon for uh, J.R. Kratos when it comes to Japanese wrestling. Yeah, and you can uh, you can watch the matches from earlier this year on all. Japan. If you're watching the Champion Carnival, we have all Japan TV. Just go to the uh, I think it was February, <laughs> February March, that one of the last tours. Yeah, the f- uh, yeah February tour. Yeah. So 
hey, we'll see what happens in the future. But on that note, there's a lot of wrestling we got to cover. We're going to cover more. <laughs> G1, from my time right now where I am in Portland, the G1 starts at two hours. And right before this, I covered uh, New Japan Strong. So I, I'm just, I'm wrestled up. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready. <laughs> You've seen enough leg slaps to last your lifetime. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's for damn sure. Okay, so... <laughs> For Carlos and for JD and for the boss man, John and Justin. See ya. So the hazard nice up. So they were whack at the Need you go to the bell while a bear don't